Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, where it's my job to introduce you to people from the world of commercial property. We're talking with investors and thought leaders about their experiences of the commercial property world and sharing our own lessons from the last 20 years to give you practical know-how so that you can follow in their footsteps. If you've ever thought commercial could be your next step, but it just seems too confusing and opaque, then you've come to the right place. There are so many exciting opportunities in this dynamic sector, and I'm looking forward to pulling back the curtain and sharing them with you. Welcome to the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, and I'm your host, Jerry Alexander. This show is all about commercial property investing for the private investor. Whether you're just getting started or scaling up your portfolio, through interviews, tips and lessons learned along the way, we want to give you the inspiration, knowledge and confidence to enjoy this great cash flowing strategy. Hello and all, welcome back to another episode of the Commercial Property Investor Podcast. I'm excited to be talking to you today because we're going to be talking about new multi-let properties. When you've basically got a space, old building, you've done it up or you've built a new one and you're going to open the doors to those new customers. Now, there's lots of checklists, of course, for this sort of thing. Not least commissioning, utilities, compliance, I guess, training, tech, all that sort of stuff's got to be working, right? But this is about the customers. So, Here's seven different things I've popped down on this little list that I want to talk to you about that are going to be involved in opening up that new facility. So the first one is pre-sales. We've got to start marketing, haven't we? We've got to be talking about the location. Signage is fantastic, of course, as I've spoken about before, and can be very successful at drawing in customers. But these are things you need to do before you open. There's no point opening the premises and then starting to work on your marketing plan and putting up signage. You need to get it up beforehand. Let people know what's coming. Build some anticipation. Create some noise about this new building and what's going to be there. That will give you two things. Number one, potential pre-sales because people will come in who are interested about taking that space. And also, number two, it will start to give you feedback on what your space requirements could be from a customer's point of view. Because you may get some viewings, and and, and, trust me, I've viewed rooms without walls and without ceilings before. It is possible you might get some viewings while you're in that pre-stage that actually helps determine what it is you're going to start providing in the future. Now, one of the really important things here is get a space ready for others to come and view. So this is the second part of this list. Get a finished product because it's all very well showing people spaces that aren't ready. And yes, I totally believe you should be showing people spaces before they're ready rather than not at all. But make sure you've got a room or a unit you can take them to that is close to finished, if not finished, to give those that find it difficult to visualise what you're offering, what it looks like, what it's going to look like. And ideally, you would have that corridor from the front door through to wherever the space is that you're going to show them and potentially some of the kind of communal spaces or the toilets and things done so they can see the standard that they can expect when they come to use your premises when it's finally open and ready. So the third one was... Don't release everything at once. Don't release the whole building at once. Maintain scarcity. 
You can do that by phasing your development and you can talk about the other phases. You can talk about you're not sure when they're going to be coming on and that these ones here that you're currently looking at, some of them are pre-let, some of them have got interested parties. All that stuff builds excitement and creates incentives for people to actually put their name down and take a space. But if you've got 50 spaces or 100 spaces or if you're doing self-storage and you've got 500 spaces available, it's kind of difficult to incentivize them to make a decision now and to put the money down now. But if there's scarcity, then there is a reason for them to do it now because it might not be here next week or the next time they phone up. So don't release everything at once. It's a really good way of creating scarcity. But also, it will allow you to work out what you need to do for your product later, which I'm going to come on to in a minute. So fourth one, remember, get some bums on seats. And then optimise. So you've got to get that first phase reasonably full or occupied. Get your critical mass. Now start optimising your offer. We spoke about that in a couple of previous episodes about how to optimise your offer and how to constantly test and tweak your pricing and your offer to get to the best possible return on your investment. That's what we're in it for. The fifth one was, and, and this is something I've learned over the years because I didn't always do this, is under promise and then try to over deliver. So when you're having those viewings at those early stages, you're just opening up that new property, don't give them all the bells and whistles. You don't have to sell them everything to get them to make their decisions. Yes, you can talk about some of the plans, of course, but don't talk about everything because some of those things might change. You might not be able to open that cafe. You might not be able to create those toilet spaces that you particularly had in mind or put them in a certain location because actually it doesn't quite work and you find something else that works better. So don't oversell, but try to over deliver on those promises you set at the early days. And that really leads me on to the sixth one, which is about setting expectations. Set them correctly at the start. Now, that is a whole podcast or a podcast series about setting expectations, but there's lots and lots of things that we've learned over the years that we really should be involving in those early discussions with potential customers. So the expectation is set and correct for what your offer is going to be. So let's just take an example. Let's say you are, you, you've identified through doing market analysis that actually the local market where you're opening up your premises there's lots of five-star spaces. There's lots of good quality workspaces for people to utilise for their businesses. And actually, there's quite a lot of competition in that space, or providing those types of spaces, should I say, without getting too confusing. So think about the other side. You've looked at your market analysis, and actually, there isn't many spaces that are sitting around about the two to three-star quality, the kind of economic functional spaces and it doesn't have to be pretty. We've said that before. It doesn't have to be bonny to make money, but it has to be something that's got that crossover between supply and demand, that sweet spot there. So if the product level is slightly less, it's around about two to three star, and you've identified that's where most demand is, right? If you have a customer who comes in through the door who's looking for a five star place, you need to be setting expectations. And through that viewing and through that process, you start to understand what they're looking for. And if actually there's a mismatch between what your 
final product is going to be and what they're looking for. Let's do say, for instance, you're looking to do artist studios, right? Now, we've had plenty of viewings over the years that people ask, well, you know, do you mind if we throw clay on the wall or if we get paint on the floor or whatever, depending on what it is that they're doing or noise levels and things. And that's a great community to be working with, but it might not mix with an accountant in the unit next door or a psychotherapist or somebody who needs quiet or less um, odours for certain particular things that people are doing um, in their artistic units. So they tend to be different quality products as well. So it's just, again, thinking about that expectation at the start, working to understand what they're after themselves, and then you setting the expectation of what's going to be delivered long term. And also, if they're in that bums in seats phase, what it is that they're going to experience as you develop the rest of your building. So, for instance, are they going to experience some uh, workmen, tradesmen? Are they going to experience some noise? Is there going to be some interruption? Is there going to be a lack of meeting rooms until they're ready? Now, most customers, if you set the expectation, don't worry about that. But if you don't set that expectation, and then these things happen and they come to pass, then there might be friction because the customer hasn't expected that. They expected the five-star treatment. They didn't realise it was going to be full of um, artists making noise and tradesmen still building out spaces and no meeting rooms because you didn't set the expectation. And I'm not saying that um, you should have a chaotic environment, but setting that expectation gives you a more flexible environment for you to develop out your building. So that moves me sweetly on to the last one, which is about building your product around what your demand and the shape of your client base dictates. So even the best market analysis doesn't always work perfectly. It doesn't always get it bang on. But keep some flexibility there in what you're going to be doing. So if you are managing to phase this development and you have got some bums on seats and now you've through the process of viewings and setting expectations and having a space that you haven't quite developed out yet, you can really tweak this one to meet what the customers are asking for. Because it's all very well building out a 10,000 square foot or 20,000 square foot building from the top to the bottom and everything done, which is absolutely fine particularly if your finance dictates you kind of need to do it quickly, that's possibly going to set you on a market trajectory that might not be exactly what your local market's looking for. Now, if you're in a city location with many competitive offers around, it's a bit easier to be able to analyse what's going on in the marketplace, what offers are working, what aren't, and therefore tweak yours. But if you're in a market where there's not so much competition is a bit more opaque. You can't quite see what's going on and you're kind of listening to Jerry and you've been out looking and talking to surveyors and kind of working out what you think people are looking for, but it's kind of underground. You're not quite seeing. Then it's a bit more important to have that flexibility so that when you develop out these phases of the building, you can tweak your offer so that you get the best optimization for your building. So those seven things, they're just not an exhaustive list. There's lots of other things, as I say, like in compliance and all that sort of stuff. But in terms of a checklist for you and bringing in customers into your building, there's getting going with pre-sales. Get some of the space let before it's even open, which really helps with negotiation for other people and builds a buzz about your property. 
That's all about marketing, talking about locations, signage, letting people know what's coming and building that anticipation. Second thing is get one space ready. So for those that aren't quite as good at visualizing the space can see the quality that you're going to be offering. Is it two star, three star, four star, five star? What is your target market? Third one, don't release everything at once. Maintain some scarcity here so that customers feel incentivized to make a decision now. Not in six months' time when kind of, you know, there'll still be space and doesn't look like anything's moving too fast. Create scarcity. Fourth one, remember, get some bums on seats, which is kind of to do with the scarcity thing, right? And then optimize. Optimize, optimize. Test, test, test. Under promise and then try to over deliver. You can do that through lots of different ways, but just while you're doing those viewings or your staff or whoever's doing the viewings, Make sure they're not over-promising. Make sure they're not promising everything, all the bells and whistles, and everything's going to be finished and ready and beautiful. Make sure that you're setting expectations correctly at the start, which is the sixth one. There are phases. This is what happens when you're developing out these projects, particularly if you want to optimise the building as best as you can. And if you want to maintain that scarcity thing, phasing, phasing really helps. It also helps sometimes with cash flow as well, of course, for, you know, because a lot of listeners here, like me, you're investing in the property. You're not renting it from a landlord. You're investing in it yourself. The real business here is not necessarily the operating day-to-day. It's actually the investment part, buying the building, becoming the landlord yourself, then occupying it with your operating business and running it as a multi-let space. But the fundamental thing here is actually buying the asset and creating the value that way. But anyway, set those expectations correctly at the start. Remember the phases. And then the last one was number seven, build your product around the um, demand that you're, you're seeing coming in. So again, that phasing thing helps here because you can get the best possible optimization the ability to tweak the space during the process rather than necessarily just doing your market analysis, working out what you think is going to do and building it all at once. It just doesn't quite work like that or, it, it, you know, it's difficult sometimes to get that spot on. So give yourself that flexibility there. So there you go. That's my quick checklist on opening a new multi-let property. Not all the things you maybe want to hear about, (laughs) maybe you don't want to hear about compliance and utilities and commissioning and training and tech and all that stuff. Of course, all these things have got to be there, right? But this is just a bit more, I guess, about pricing customers and your delivery of that product over the first few months of opening. Pre-sales, getting space ready so that people can see it. Don't release everything at once. Remember, get bums on seats, then optimize. Under-promise, over-deliver, set expectations correctly and build your product around the demand from the market. So I hope that's really helped. If you have a spare moment, please jump on iTunes or whatever platform you listen to this podcast and leave us a review. They really help numbers. Every time someone leaves a review or comments or whatever, positive ones, please, then what it does is it makes the algorithm show our podcast to more potential listeners, which helps the whole process. Apart from anything else, it means I can bring in more guests. We reach out to more people who potentially want to be guests on the show so we can all share in those learnings. So if you can, give us a review, a positive review, please. And um, if you want to find any anything 
else about what we do, you can jump on our website. It's in the show notes, but it's commercialpropertyinvestor.co.uk. There's lots of free bits and pieces in there. Obviously, there's podcasts, there's some blogs as well. There are some documents in there that you can download too, just free checklists and different things that depend on what phase you are in your uh, journey with commercial property. Just remains for me to say, have a great week and make sure you enjoy and get out there in the commercial property swim. Enjoying the content delivered on the CPI podcast. Even though it's free to listen to, it actually takes quite a bit of time and financial commitment to deliver each and every episode. Did you know that by leaving a positive written review, you, yes, you, will have a direct impact on the visibility of the podcast? And that's really important because by reaching a wider audience, it helps our team to continually improve the overall content that we deliver to you week after week. For some of you, leaving a review will be second nature, but for others, it might be a first one. Open your podcast app, pick the CPI podcast and search for previous reviews. And on iTunes in particular, click to look at all of the reviews and then you'll see an option to leave a written review. Go on, it'll only take two minutes and it'll really make our day. And we genuinely read every single one of them.